you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? If you're making a podcast, always make sure you have a backup recorder. When I recorded this interview, I found out after I was done the conversation that my primary recorder didn't record the conversation properly. So the good news is I have a backup. The bad news, if you want to call it that, is that the quality of the backup, audio-wise, is not quite as good as what you get from the main recorder. But it doesn't take away from the quality of the conversation at all. It's still absolutely listenable, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, people who were listening to the podcast last year might remember a, a feature I was doing a few times a year called Quick Hits. And I haven't followed up through with that uh, in 2022, mainly just because I haven't had time to, to record a bunch of extra interviews. But the idea behind it was to have kind of micro interviews, about 10 minutes to 15 minutes long, with mostly with people who were kind of new to the Winnipeg music scene or, or in new projects and had something that was kind of fresh and that they wanted to get the word out about. And I think that this case is kind of the ideal situation for someone who was on the Quick Hits show, because the guest on this episode is now back on a full episode almost exactly a year later. And that's kind of the idea is that, you know, someone's doing something interesting, they introduce it on a uh, micro interview, and then they come back once there's been more time, once they've uh, been able to kind of more establish what they're doing as a band, and get music recorded, get music out, all of these things, and now you're back. And now we're here to talk about this project in a bit more detail. So it's kind of like the ideal um, end result <laughs> of of doing that Quick Hits interview. So I think the best way to start this off is if you want to introduce yourself and give a bit of background, um, once again, about what it is you do and the project in general. Sure, yeah. Well, um, my name is Fred Warner. And uh, wow, I can't believe it was like a year ago that already that um, that quick hits episode. Almost up. exactly. It's, it's, it's the, 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 the timing <laughs> is, is uncanny and unintentional. It's too. perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, my name's Fred. Um, I'm a bassist here in Winnipeg. Um, I used to be a, a trumpeter, but since the pandemic, I have been playing bass um, and I started my uh, my own jazz fusion group called Freddy and the Fire Nation. And um, yeah, we've been uh, playing some shows since uh, since restrictions lifted a bit in 2021. And um, we're finally ready to get going off the ground with some uh, some really exciting stuff that we've been working on. 
That's so, awesome. super excited to share that. Well, I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear that it has been as I mean, successful. I guess is, is relative in this weird time we're all living in. But the fact that you are actively playing shows and you have things in the can as far as recording and you're getting towards kind of uh, you know further stages in the band's career, it's awesome to see that because it's been such an uncertain time. And I don't want to dwell on the pandemic because you know everyone's so sick and tired of talking about it. But it's got to be awkward. I, I think we probably addressed this a bit on the Quick Hits episode too. But just just having this new project that you're kind of trying to spearhead and get off the ground in this time of uncertainty like you said you know uh, things have just kind of opened up relatively recently so what has it been like sort of having the opportunity now to to actually get the band out there and actually present what you've been working on in sort of the way that you would ideally want to do it rather than just kind of this this maybe we can do a show <laughs> you know, maybe you can spend 10 minutes on stage kind of thing yeah it, it's pretty incredible i gotta say um, like just contrasting it with um, how things were when when I started off the band, it was uh, mainly videos I was posting to my social media because you know you can't do shows. That's that's kind of the only way to get your stuff out there. Um, and having the band being able to play live, being able to rehearse live, has really kind of kind of like an explosion of what the sound of the band is. From it was when it was just my influence um, compared to now when we can add the influence of like seven different musicians who are all really amazing in their own right and um, who all have their unique uh, take on the songs, how yeah. they approach it in different ways. So it's it's it the sound of the band is kind of like a, a leveled up version of, of what it was last year. So it's been it's been super artistically satisfying. I guess you probably hadn't had much of an opportunity to even experience that just on your own time in, in practice and things like that because of the the limited amount of time you even had to get together with that many people. Absolutely. Yeah, everyone's so busy and like finding space for seven people is a you know, it's okay. So how are you guys? Uh, how's your schedule looking like in a month and a half, you know? <laughs> yeah. As far, as far as the actual sound, though, I mean, I, like like you said uh, earlier, you know, this has kind of been your project. You, you, the stuff that came out during the pandemic was mostly uh, music that you were creating on your own, and it was it wasn't the full band. How has that sort of changed since now you can get together? Are the other band members are they just fleshing out what you had previously written, or are they contributing to the writing as well? And is the sound changing as a result? Well, I'm I'm still the primary writer for the group, so I, I still write all all the songs. Um, and how that works is, I just uh, you know I have my my MIDI keyboard and my bass and my drum programming, um, and I I program those things into my my audio workstation, um, and I, I make arrangements from those songs. Um, but in that form, it's very much like loop based, and yeah. uh, it, it, you know it's pretty repetitive stuff. Uh, as far as the parts. Um, so when you bring it to the group, they'll take that existing part and they'll go, okay, so what can I do to make this feel more alive? What can I do to make it more of a, a, a song? And of course they, they put their own little flares in there too, like specific, like a specific bend that a saxophone will do on the note or a, a, a really cool fill that only Paul would think of on the drum, something that right. I would never come up with. Um, yeah, and another, um, another point we can get into later also is the, um, the, the 
audio production, audio engineering that um, is being done for the group, which is its own influence on the sound that that we're going to be going for from now on. Well, let's just talk about that now, since you brought it up. I mean, how, yeah. how, where, are you, where are you doing this? Where are you making these recordings? Because, I mean, I think before it was, again, just, just you sort of doing it on your own. So what's this sort of situation now as far as where you're recording and who you're working with, things like that? It's still very much a DIY situation. Uh, we're, we're not really going into any studios for, for this project, um, at least not for these, these first few forays. Uh, we'll we'll see about later, but for yeah. now it's still very like we're we're in okay. So uh, our guitarist Robert Hunter in the band he is also engineering the project um, because along with being an amazing guitarist he's he's also uh, I would say an even better audio engineer. Cool. Um, yeah, he's got he he's been working with this kind of stuff for for many years, and um, he he's kind of reached a point where he has a really impressive arsenal of, of mics. Um, so that combined with the, uh, all the, the multitude of drums that, um, that Paul has, uh, who, who's the drummer. Yeah. It, it, we're really getting some, some unbelievable, uh, at least I think they're, they're, these guys are getting some unbelievable sounds from just his, his small little room. Um, yeah, so we're we're just doing it at his place, basically. <laughs> cool, cool. And one thing I wanted to ask you about 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 fusion, kind of as a genre, is I definitely have gone through periods where I listened to fusion um, pretty heavily. Not not in a while, but I did have a time when I was buying up like every Mahavishnu record I could find and all these, you know. Yeah, and yeah. and that was great. There's there's definitely I think I, I get the appeal of it absolutely. But I feel like there's a lot of people who are influenced by that kind of stuff, and they go one or two ways where they 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 take it and get really raw with it and have a really kind of live. Um, really sort of uh, unpredictable sort of sound to it. And then there's the opposite way, which is something more slick and more very clearly written and less improvised and more sort of, um, I guess, almost technical, if that makes sense. I mean, Fusion mm -hmm. usually has the technical aspect to it, but do you guys fall sort of more on the slick, polished sort of side of things rather than the, the more raw, uh, improvised angle? Yeah, I would definitely say the more slick, polished. Um, it, it's a very um produced record i would yeah. say so for instance like we 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 tracked the songs and then what me and robert and paul did is we went to our uh, our old high school uh to the band room and um found all the percussion instruments strewn throughout the room and so we you know would be like okay here's a timpani where can we put this in this song that will make sense to have a little timpani roll or you know cool. Can the chimes be here on this this horn melody that's playing? Can it play the same thing? Um, so in that sense, we've really thought hard about the the arrangement of all these different elements. And um, this first track uh, that's going to come out, which is called Origin, uh, it'll be out October seventh. It, it's it's a really dense song. There's just like a lot of stuff going on. It was it was kind of hard to fit everything we wanted into it. Um, but yeah, definitely more produced, I would say.
And you're releasing this um, in an era where, I mean, the way people consume music is so weird nowadays, just compared to the previous, like, you know, eight or nine or decades of how music's been sort of uh, listened to. And I mean, you're putting out music now that is that is instrumental, that is, is complex, it's, it's, it's dense, like you said, and we're in an era where everyone has like a 10 second attention span. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, you, you know, people are gonna be listening to this kind of on, on streaming services, and they have that skip button right next to them. Does oh, that yeah. does that idea of, you know, this is how people are probably going to consume it? Does that affect anything? to do with the writing or anything to do with sort of your uh, way you want to present yourselves. And I, I, I like as someone who is a Luddite and, and still listens to pretty much exclusively physical media, I know there are people out there who will sit down and listen to something. And especially in this kind of music too, there's, it appeals to someone who's probably more interested in, in sort of hearing it really closely. But does that aspect of the idea where you have to grab people right away, is that something you consider at all playing this style of music? Hmm. I gotta think about that for a second. Yeah, you know, I think I think it is kind of in an unconscious way, uh, or maybe in a, a trained way. Okay. Because I, I listen to a lot of, um, m- m- I guess, more more modern music that is is kind of produced in in that sort of way, and I, I think there's something really quite addicting about that kind of music to listen to. Sure. Um, yeah, like pattern. There, there are lots of really catchy patterns and and melodic hooks and production elements have really come along, come a long way, and so that's something that I personally personally really enjoy, and so that that definitely comes through in the writing. Okay. So I'm hoping that people will uh, will like it enough to uh, not not hit skip. <laughs> uh, of course, of course, yeah. And I, I realize you're not a pop act, and there, there's a difference between you know uh, a three minute pop song and something that's more involved, like what you're doing. But it always it's always interesting to me, uh, you know, as someone who who still hasn't fully embraced the the streaming thing, is that you know artists know that this is going to be happening and that the way people are going to listen to it is is potentially um, like a crash shoot, <laughs> you know, whether they decide to stick with it or not. Uh- so yeah, yeah and, and trends change like weekly. There, there's just like no predicting it. So I my approach has been to well I I gotta stay true to who I am as a as a musician as as who I want to be as an artist and um, hopefully hopefully that's something that people connect with. Yes, yeah, well for sure. For sure. Who who would you say is the audience for this? Because I mean, like you said, you're mostly listening to newer music, and obviously some of those influences are are, are coming through more modern music. But then fusion as a genre definitely has kind of a heyday um, in the '70s and even into the '80s um, with some of the stuff being really really successful. And you know, obviously people are still making this kind of stuff. But where do you, where, where does this kind of where does this band fit on a timeline? Like who who is it aimed at? I guess if if that's a, if there is a target audience. Sure. Well, I I suppose it is aimed probably at a, a younger audience. Honestly, I'm still in the midst of figuring this out for myself. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Fair um, enough. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, it's it's for people who love music and love, I guess specifically, that's that's a nothing statement. People who love, music. <laughs> <laughs> but people who really like um, listening intently to like. Things like the mixes of 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 the piece, the 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 production, the the arrangements, just people who love the complexity of a song, I think people who love a good song, um, and also people who love to dance. Okay, well, that <laughs> was kind of 
my next question too is about the live element of things. Obviously, now you can play live and you can get all of these people in the same room on the, on, on the same stage. What is the plan going forward with this? I mean, I know you have music coming out in the very near future and that's exciting and that's going to get more ears on, on what you're doing and who you are. But what's the plan to sort of roll this out as far as live shows and, and, and that, kind of, that kind of deal? Well, basically, we're going to be doing um, a, a live show for, for every single and, and release we're doing. That, that's kind of the plan. Um, I, I can't, I can't, I don't know if I should talk candidly about all the things we have on the back burner, but there's some of it a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep it a little bit of a surprise. Um, but one thing that I can, uh, talk about is we will be opening for five alarm funk when they come to Winnipeg, uh, at the start of November, which is going to be just such an exciting experience for us. We're so excited for that. Yeah, and um, what else? Do you feel there's a lot of crossover between the two audiences? I mean, Five Alarm Funk, obviously, even visually, you're seeing all those people on stage and horns and things like that. You can see how people would, uh, it seems like a good fit, but do you think sonically that, that the two bands would mesh well? I think so, and I think it'll be a nice little contrast because Five Alarm Funk is very dance band, brass band, yeah, greasy, sweaty goodness. And we are we aren't necessarily about the sweaty, greasy goodness. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> a little bit more. What's the word? Uh, not clean, but you know, we're we're a little bit slicker. I think in 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 that kind of thing. We're not really going for a really dirty kind of sound. Yeah. Um. But it's still going to be very high energy, very danceable. Lots of things going on. So I I I, I hope at least that, and I think they will. They will love it. <laughs> well, I hope so too, of course. I mean, you obviously want to be successful with that. Um, is everything that's on that's going to be on these recordings, on these singles that are coming out, is it all playable live as it's recorded? I know you mentioned you know, a few minutes ago, but adding timpani and percussion and all these extra elements to it. How different will the songs sound on stage than they do on the recorded versions? And is that something you're aiming for? Or is it sort of expected that it'll be a bit uh, slightly different in each format? They're going to sound almost the same, almost the same. What we've added in the, the, the studio versions is a lot of extra little ear candy, like these percussion elements here or there, or in, in origin, we have um, some strings that we programmed in and, and made sound really, really nice. Um, and those won't necessarily be there in the live version. Um, but that's, you know, that's, I think that's, a fine element to, I think that's an okay element because, you know, you have the live version and then you have the studio version and they each yeah. have their own, their own thing. Something about the, uh, the live shows that has been super fun has been just the, the unpredictability of it. Cause, um, you know, we have our arrangements, but sometimes you can tell that someone just wants to keep on soloing. And so you kind of, <laughs> kind of just like make up some new stuff that you want to play. Yeah. I think a few times we've actually, I think a few times I was, I was talking on stage between songs and Paul would start a, a drum beat and then the rest of the band would start playing along to that drum beat. And then I would stop talking and it was sounding good. So I was, I would just make up a baseline to go along with it. And then suddenly we're playing like a, just a, a random song. I, cool. We don't know what it is. We don't know what's going on, but it we're you know, we're just trying to be in the moment and um, just trying to have a good time.
is there a potential, I guess, for, I mean, this is obviously somewhere down the road if it even happens, but to have an expanded live version of, of some of this, some of these songs with something like strings that you could foresee having on stage with you or, or extra percussion, like, is that a possibility that this band could at one point perform with a much larger group? Definitely a possibility. Yeah. Um, my main influence is Snarky Puppy, which is a band pretty similar to mine, I suppose, in terms of, of where it rests in the, the jazz genre. Yeah, sure. Um, but the difference is they are like a 40 person group <laughs> with, you know, double horns in, in, in every section and like three guitarists and three drummers. Now they have like three drummers playing on every track. Wow. And they still get it sounding, it still works and it's amazing. I don't know how they get three drummers playing at the <laughs> same time to be so locked in. Um, uh, I'm getting off topic. No, no, but... no. It's, 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 <laughs> like, is that something that you, I guess maybe a better question is, is your lineup as it is now, is that kind of a, like a locked final lineup or do you see room for no. expansion? where it's, it could happen. Always will be looking to expand. Yeah. The only, the only cap on, on that would be, can I pay each member <laughs> enough to make it worth doing a gig? You know, I, if right. I, if I didn't have to worry about that, yeah, I would have like 15 people on stage, you know? Yeah. But yeah, yeah my no. dream, one of my bucket list items is, um, after seeing Royal Canoe do this, I would love to do a Winnipeg Symphony show and write full orchestral arrangements. And yeah, that would, that would, that's it for me. You know, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. all I really want. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. Definitely. Yeah. What, what is the background of the, um, the musicians in the group? I mean, are you all from like, you know, uh, very formally trained, um, formally educated backgrounds as far as music goes from jazz or classical or, or anything else? Yeah, I think most of us come from a pretty academic background when it comes to music. Um, Paul Paul Clausen on drums um, is actually my cousin. We we grew up together playing music, um, and we both went to uh, the same high school, the same jazz band, uh, same university. We actually both went for classical music. I went for classical trumpet. He went for um, classical percussion. Okay. And then kind of after university, we both decided uh, that we or actually, I, kinda, I guess it kind of just happened that we went more into the, the jazz side of things. And now he's doing a lot of um, Brazilian music um, with um, with people like uh, Brazilian Vibe, I believe it's called, and uh, Marco Castillo. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's great. And he brings a lot of um, kind of world music influence along with funk to, to the beats, which really adds a cool vibe. Yeah. So he's on drums. Um, Anatole Rennie is on keys and sound design. And I want to say that sound design is like really a whole different thing from just playing, just playing keyboards. Cause like when I have these demos, I, I kind of just put every sound that I think would the track needs uh, i put that into the track and then i give that to them and they translate that into like a workable sound that they can switch to they've got like a whole different program on their computer that they like cool cool queue up and they've got the samples and everything it's it's amazing so they're just really incredible at um 
you know, making all my dreams come true <laughs> in regard to to the live sound of of the keys. Um, and obviously, they're they've been in Apollo Suns for, yeah. for a long time, and they're doing some really cool things right now with them. So that's keys. Uh, okay. What we got left? We got guitar. Uh, I've talked a little bit about Robert. Um, yeah, you mentioned Robert it. Hunter. Yeah, he's got a uh, a video game music studio with his uh, with his buddy Donovan called Mega Hammer Studio. Okay, uh, got a lot of cool things on on uh, SoundCloud, and they do a bunch of sound design for video games, which I just think is the coolest thing. Must be the yeah, coolest. it's a different a different use of a music background for sure. Yeah, um, so I, I think his his background with the guitar is a lot more on the prog rock side of things. Um, and yeah, so he, he basically brings a lot of that, like really shred heavy, uh, guitar solos, uh, guitar solo influence to that, um, which is, I think a really nice, unique touch to bring into like kind of a jazz fusion setting. And it, sure. it meshes so well. I mean, prog rock and jazz. Yeah. They're, they're neighbors, right? They're, 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 they're closely yeah. related. Yeah. 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 So now we got like kind of world music, jazz, funk drumming on the kit. We got atmospheric, ethereal sound design on the keys and we got prog rock shredding on the guitar. Yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting combination already. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the, on the horns, I have Garrett Malenko, uh, Nolan Gottfried and Rudy Donish and uh, Nolan's on alto sax, Rudy's on tenor sax and Garrett's on trumpet. And those guys are all from the University of Manitoba's jazz program. And Garrett is graduated now. He's with Apollo Suns touring uh, with Anatole. And all of those guys, all three of those guys are just incredible. They've got like such a, such a really solid command of, of jazz vocabulary. And yeah, they, they honestly just surprised me like every time they play a solo, every bar or two, they'll they'll surprise me with something very delightful that I just I, I didn't see it coming. And like, yeah, they're they're all so expressive. Yeah. Um. So they they make up the the horn section, and then obviously I'm on I'm on bass, and yeah. um, yeah. And I I guess since since talking last, I've uh, got a few new pedals that I I like to use. So I've got um an octave pedal that uh makes me my bass sound huge i've got an envelope filter which kind of makes my bass go like yeah yeah so that's really fun and um i've also got a a pitch shifter that lets me put my bass up a whole octave so basically i've got my octave pedal that lets me put my bass down an octave i've got my pitch shifter that lets me put it up an octave so if i play a note i can have three octaves playing at once oh that's cool yeah that's really that's awesome yeah yeah oh yeah it's just huge who needs three bassists then if you (laughs) you (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) well it's great sometimes if there are like technical difficulties if in the keys or the guitar i'll just like throw on those pedals and i don't i I don't know if uh, anyone anyone uh noticed something is going wrong (laughs) for sure so at this point i mean i know you have you have singles that are coming out um starting with one at the beginning of october uh is this all leading up to an album yes yes it is we've got um i'll just give you a a little glimpse into the the broad timeline that i'm going for 
Uh, we're doing uh, a couple singles and a six song EP in the new year. And then we're going to follow that up with exactly the same thing next year. Uh, a couple singles and a six song EP. Is that already, are those already planned out as far as what songs you're doing? Like, do you already have the, the material for both of those EPs figured out? Yep. I, I came into the band uh, with kind of like a full set of, of, of songs already, um, just by virtue of being alone for several months and writing. Yeah. Um, so the material is actually half recorded. It's halfway done. So it's, uh, we're going to be sitting on this stuff for, for a little bit, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I'm really excited for, um, for how it's going to turn out. Every, every track is sounding completely different. Cool. Um, it's really, really nice to see. Well, I, on one hand, I understand the idea of having all this stuff ready ahead of time, but is there a concern that by the time, you know, the second one is ready to come out, you will have progressed so far beyond those songs? Like, do you feel there's a danger of these songs seeming old to you or seeming like the band has now moved on to something different? Or, you, I, I mean, I know you've lived with them for a long time already, right? So that might maybe um, offset that a bit, but 
is that is that an issue? Like that this, this could be, you know, the band's old sound by the time you get to that point where you're ready to release the second set of songs. That's definitely a very real possibility. But in in some way, I I kind of wouldn't mind if that was the case because you know when you release uh, an EP, the idea is you're already by that point you're already working on the new stuff. So I uh, I was thinking the original plan actually was to release all these songs as a full length uh, full length album, uh, just all of them at once. Okay. Um, but I thought you know this isn't this likely isn't going to be the band's final sound, you know, like it's already changed so much in the short time that we've been, we've been playing together. And so I really wanted, I really felt that um, a full length EP would be, or a full length album would be better saved for a, a more complete version of what the band is going to be like, just the next evolution. Makes sense. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that, um, the sound is a little bit old by the time we put it out because then people come to the live show and maybe we're even a little bit better than what it sounds like on the record. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So at this point, I mean, if someone's hearing this now, uh, you, you have things coming out on the horizon. What's the best way to sort of keep it up with what the band is doing and to hear things that are out, you know, whether they hear it now or they hear it six months from now, where can they find you online to, to follow what you're doing and follow when shows are happening and when releases are happening? Instagram is the best place for that. I, I, I've tried to keep up a few different um, modes of, of reaching out to people, but you know, Instagram is just, I, I, I just like focusing on, on one thing, I, okay. I think. Um, so definitely Instagram, we announced all our shows there. Um, we've got like a link tree in our bio that links you to uh, all, our, all our music. We're on, on SoundCloud. We will be on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, we'll have some things coming out on YouTube even. And um, yeah, actually when we, I, I hit the distributor um, thing to distribute the music, there were like 50 different music streaming sites that I never heard of, but they'll be on, it'll be on there. Right on. Right on. <laughs> if you use something really obscure. You can still get the music. That's awesome. Still get the music. The one right thing on. we will not be doing are physical copies. Yeah. Just because of the, the, financial aspect and the ecological aspect. We're just going to keep it digital. Mm-hmm. 